0: Hi boys, each day is ticking by and getting closer to the day that I come home. I'm looking forward to it. I'm having fun here with different friends, but I'm really looking forward to being home with you. Okay, the chapter today is called Wings Over Silver Lake. The weather grew colder and the sky was full of wings and great birds flying from east to west, from north to south, and as far up into the blue sky as eyes could see, were birds, and birds, and birds, and birds sailing on bird-beating wings. At evening down they came endlessly from the sky, sliding down long slopes of air to rest on water of silver lake. There were great gray geese, and there were smaller snow-white, Ba- Brant, that looked like snow at the water's edge there were ducks of many kinds and large mallards with shimmering of purple and green in their wings their red heads and the blue bills the canvas backs and the teals and many others whose names pa did not know there were herons, and pelicans, and cranes, and there were little mud hens, and the small hell divers that peppered the water thickly with their little black bodies. When a shot cracked, hell divers ended, up ended, and vanished quicker than winking. They went far down into the water and stayed there a long time at sunset the whole large lake was covered with birds of all kinds speaking in every kind of bird voice to each other before they went to sleep for the night (sighs) for the rest of the night uh no sorry for the night on night of rest on their long journey from north to south the winter was driving them the winter was coming behind them from the north They knew it, and they started early so that they could rest on the way. All night they rested comfortable on the water that held them so softly. When the dawn came, they rose up again to swim onward in the high air with with their restored strong wings. One day, Pa came from hunting, bringing a great snow-white bird. I'm sorry, Caroline, he said soberly. I would not have done it if I'd known. I, swat, I shot a swan. It was too beautiful to kill, but I had no idea it was a swan. I never saw one flying before. It can't be helped now, Charles, Ma told him. They all stood looking sorrowfully at the beautiful snowy bird that can never fly again. Come, said Ma. I'll pluck its feathers and you skin it. We'll cure the skin with the the swans down. It's bigger than I am, Carrie said, and the swan was so large that Pa measured it. Its feathery white wings measured eight feet from tip to tip. Another day, Pa brought a pelican to the shanty to show Ma what it was like he opened up the long bill, and dead fish fell out on the porch, of the pouch of skin underneath it. Ma snatched up her apron and sp- spread it to her face, and Carrie and Grace held their noses. "'Take it away, Charles, quick!' said Ma through the apron. Some of those fish were fresh, and some were fish that had been dead a long, long time. Pelicans were not fit to eat." Even their feathers smelled so strongly of rotten fish that Ma could not save them for pillows. Pa shot all the ducks and geese that he could eat that they could eat, but he shot nothing else except hawks. Sometimes he shot a hawk because hawks killed other birds every day. Laura and Ma plucked feathers from the scalded skins of the ducks and geese that Pa had shot for dinner. We'll soon have enough for another feather bed, said Ma. Then you and Mary can sleep on feathers in the winter. All those golden autumn days, and the sky was full of wings, wings beating low over the blue water of Silver Lake, wings beating high in the blue air far above it. Wings of great geese, of brant, of ducks, and of pelicans, and cranes, and herons, and swans and gulls bearing them all away to the green fields in the south. The wings and the golden weather and the tang of frost in the mornings made Laura want to go somewhere. She did not know where, she just, she only wanted to go. Let's go west, she said one night after supper. Pa, can't we go west when Uncle Henry does? Uncle Henry and Louisa, Louisa and Charlie, (sighs) had earned money enough to go west they were going back to big woods to sell their farm and in the spring with aunt polly there they were all driving west to montana why can't we laura said that's all the money you've earned pa three hundred dollars and we've got the team and the wagon oh pa let's go west "'Mercy, Laura,' Ma said. "'Whatever,' she could not go on. "'I know,' little Half-Pint, Pa said, and his voice was very kind. "'You and I want to fly like these birds. "'But long ago, I promised your Ma that you girls should go to school. "'You can't go to school and go west. "'When this town is built, there'll be a school here. "'I'm going to get a homestead, Laura.' And you girls are going to school. Laura looked at Ma, and then again at Pa, and she she saw that it must happen. Pa would stay on the homestead, and she would go to school. You'll thank me someday, Laura, and you too, Charles, Ma said gently. Just so you're content, Caroline, I'm satisfied, said Pa. That's, that was true, but he did want to go west. Laura turned back to the dishpan and went on washing the supper dishes. Another thing, Laura. Pa said, "Pa. <sighs> you know, Ma was a teacher, and her mother before her. Ma's heart is one set on you girls, teaching school." And I guess it will have to be you. So, you see, you must have your schooling." Laura's heart jerked. And then she seemed to feel it falling. Far, far down. She did not say anything. She knew that Pa and Ma and Mary, too, had thought that Mary would be be a teacher. Now Mary couldn't teach. And, oh, I won't. I won't, Laura thought. I don't want to, I can't." Then she said to herself, "You must." She could not disappoint Ma, she must do as Pa said, so she had to be a school teacher when she grew up. Besides, there were no-there was nothing else-there was nothing else that she could do to earn money. Breaking Camp is the next chapter. Boys, I love you so much. Sleep really, really well. Good night.